0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us today, Monday, October 10th. It does say Columbus Day on my calendar, but I do believe it's been changed to Indigenous People's Day. So yay for that. Uh, I did notice there were no school buses going by, so kids must still get this day as a holiday. So they're home enjoying an, uh late morning, maybe they're sleeping in, but here I am with you all at 8 a.m. My time, but I got to tell you this morning, you know, yesterday was the full moon yesterday afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific time, four fifty-five p.m. For those of you on the East coast. And which means that, you know, we really couldn't see the moon, right? It was still below the horizon. Uh, the sun was still fairly high so we didn't get to see it until last night and last night it was beautiful still i mean obviously if it's full it doesn't go away right away but this morning uh it was setting in the west and i was able to go outside and get some really beautiful pictures of the moon while it was setting and the sun was rising so we had these beautiful pink tinged clouds with uh the moon behind it kind of inspired what i was wearing today right pink and white and gray because the sky was still a little gray (laughs) anyway take a look at the sky if it's still uh well for those of you on the east coast you won't be able to see it now but it was beautiful i hope everybody did well through the full moon i actually knew exactly when the full moon happened because my phone buzzed right at that moment and my star 3d map uh, came up with the message that we had the full moon. So even so it was an interesting because somewhere in the middle afternoon, right about that time, actually, it was probably a little bit later than that. I got really super tired, not because I'd been doing a whole bunch of anything or that, you know, I, you know, not slept well the night before, but I just was tired. So I fell asleep. Woke up about a half an hour later, Terry was sound asleep. <laughs> I was in the middle of, uh, you know, I was doing some of my diamond paintings and I was like, my eyes are so tired, I can't stand it. So I just put it down and closed my eyes. So there was that right around that full moon. Now, this morning, my intention was to talk about Mercury Direct and to talk about some of the transits that are occurring this week, of which there are quite a few. And then I realized that we didn't really get a chance to talk about Pluto moving direct. And I decided that, of course, after I've already written everything up and put it out there, um, that I wanted to talk about that this morning. So before we actually get to uh, the week's transits and Mercury turning into or moving into Libra, I want to talk a bit about Pluto direct. Um, Also, right now, I want you to know that the moon is in the void, right? So from 7.02 my time, so an hour ago, to 2.04 p.m. West Coast time. So what was that? 10.02 to 5.04 p.m. For those of you on the East Coast, literally all working day, pretty much, for those of you on the East Coast, that moon is in the wobblies. And that means not much of anything comes of much of anything during a day like this. Um, It is a day when the moon isn't making any new connections. And so we're left with the old energy. So we were kind of left with that full moon energy all through the night and now into most of the day while the moon is still in Aries. Now, later on, 2.04 my time and 5.04 PM West East Coast time, the moon will move into Taurus. And that will be the the breaking of the void and the changing up of the energy. So expect that this morning, if, if you're trying to get things done, it is a really good day, actually, for the kids to be out of school and for not much to be happening, you know, as far as, um, you know, new things, because it's very difficult to get things off the ground and moving when the moon is in void, of course. Now, if you're in the middle of a project and the moon turns void, it gives you a moment, a time, however long that void is going to be. Uh, to, it sort of feels like a little bit like a retrograde where things, the energy moves inward, right? And and we can slow things down a bit and maybe we can reimagine or reevaluate or you know rebuild something, uh, but it's not good for anything that we want to take and move forward, right? So moving forward might be a little bit stymied this uh, today because for most of the day, that moon is going to be in the void. So let's talk about what that moon will look like after it breaks the void and moves into Taurus because it'll be in Taurus uh, the afternoon or evening today and then all of tomorrow and will not change into Gemini until late evening on Wednesday for us on the West Coast, early morning Thursday for those of you on the East Coast. So we have several days coming up of the moon in Taurus. And if we look at the light of Taurus, right right now, we have a lot going on in Taurus. Even if we don't think we have much going on in our own personal charts in the area of Taurus, right now we have the planet Uranus transiting through Taurus. We also have the North Node in Taurus. And since the nodes are running the show for the eclipses and we have an eclipse coming up, We have to really pay attention to what's going on in both Taurus and Scorpio in both of our charts and our lives, both by transit, but then also by birth, right? So we got to look at those kinds of deeper, darker places through Scorpio, but also looking more at the physical um, expression of things as in Taurus. So when we're looking at the light of Taurus, we have an energy that's loyal, that is steadfast. It is earth energy, right? Earth energy. So it's grounded, right? Taurus energy is that grounded, loyal, steadfast kind of Earth energy. But it's also an energy that in uh, its way of behavior is cardinal. So it does, is it cardinal? Fixed, It's fixed. It's a fixed sign. So it doesn't, even though it's, we might consider the positive words of steadfast and loyal, it actually can get stuck. It can get stuck in a comfort zone. And so what we find with the moon in Taurus is that all kinds of things can come up from, you know, beneath the surface that that might represent or symbolize to us places where we've been stuck or where we can't get moving. Now, this is a focused energy. It can be focused on peace. It can be focused on artistry. It can be focused on the senses. It is the sensual sign So we have all of the senses, taste and smell and touch and so on, visual uh, stimulation, as well as the feeling of things, right? And it's a sign, Taurus, that rules wealth or money or the economics of something. It rules all of our resources and our income and the values that we hold right so the values we hold the things that we would buy because we value them but also our own personal value right our self-worth is engaged here so we may be questioning those kinds of things over these next couple of days and material resources of course the resources that are beyond things like time and energy etc so we have you know a highly money-oriented sign for the moon to be in, not just money though, but economics, banking, mortgages, those kinds of things all coming through the sign of Taurus. So now when we look at the more negative side of Taurus energy, then we're looking at a sign that can hold very rigid opinions. It can take a very bullish, (laughs) pun intended, stance on what it believes to be true, even if it's not true, right? They don't ask the question, is this true? right? They just take it as truth because it's their opinion. It can be very inflexible that way, right? Taking in what it believes and and what it holds dear and what it holds true and not brooking any arguments around it, which of course does give Taurus that ability to stick with something when they're manifesting, right? They are master manifestors because they don't give up very easily. Then we can also have sluggish energy here. So we might be feeling a little slower than usual. We might be feeling a little lethargic because this is sluggish energy. It doesn't move quickly and it has a survival mindset in its more negative expression. Now, not that I'm saying that survival is a negative thing because it's not, but when we get caught up in a survival mindset. All of our decisions and choices come from a place of worry or anxiety that I'm not going to survive, right? That I'm not going to have enough money. I'm not going to have enough time. I'm not going to be enough. I'm not going to have enough. Enoughness comes into play here. And in that case, when survival mode kicks in, this is where some of the more negative things like greed or ma- being overly materialistic comes into play. And it's really not because they're ugly people or they're being ugly about you know all the toys coming to them. It comes more from a place of fear, right? Where there's fear, we have survival energies that sometimes can create, um, in at least with Taurus, that feeling of needing to to have all the toys, have all the materials, have all the, the skills, have all of the, the money in order to make it through. Now, I'm going to tell you this one is on the negative side, but <clears throat> it's stubbornness, right? Determination. To me, well, maybe because I'm stubborn, right? <laughs> I'm not a Taurus, but I'm stubborn. I have Venus in Taurus. And I will hold my ground and I will stick with something until the nth degree. So on one hand, while stubbornness can be tenacity or can be determination, right? Earth signs are great for that. Um, It can also be, you know, the stubbornness that doesn't yield to the signs that say definitely you need to change or definitely you need to make some movement in your life, right? So stubbornness, rigidity, inflexibility and survival uh mindset can all be sort of that negative uh taurus energy but you know i i want you know when we look at negative it's not always just the negative right you can take the the idea of having rigid opinions or being very opinionated and we can make that something that is positive if you are open-minded enough to see that other people's opinions might work as well, right? So negative and positive, they are opposite ends, but somewhere in the middle is where we all land, right? So it is not something that always has to be considered negative uh, because I certainly now greed and so forth, right? Sometimes I think I can bring an understanding to where that comes from because I can see the fear of the lack of abundance or of not enough in that uh, behavior, so I, while I can. i I can say with confidence it's not necessarily a positive aspect of the sign i can so see where it comes from right so we have to be able to take and put understanding and tolerance and acceptance toward even the more negative aspects because all of us are going to have expressed those at some time or another or we see the effects of that that negative energy in our own personal lives but by far and away when the moon is in taurus We are um, very much coming into our homes, feeling comfortable. We want comfort. That might mean comfort foods. That might be comfort smells, comfort blankies, pillows, those kinds of things. Those things that make us feel good. Okay. Okay. Now let's see. I'm gonna say good morning to people before I jump into Pluto. Uh good morning to Christine Buckingham. It's good to see you. Happy moon day, JLo says. That's perfect. I love that. Kajella, good morning to you. Good morning. Treat yourself. Uh she said, I slept a lot yesterday too. Indeed, I didn't sleep a lot, but the fact that I got so tired and just knocked out, right? Knocked out. Uh, Angela Christine, good morning to you. Debbie Tibbetts, to me. so good to see you. One of our Taurus partners out there. Uh, awesome, Tanya. Good morning. Just got done with my torture session, <laughs> aka physical therapy. Well, hopefully it's all moving you in the right direction. And Debbie's waiting for her new refrigerator to be delivered. Good morning, Kathy Miller. It's good to see you. And Kajela says, that can be a good thing. uh, Holding your own ground. Indeed, it can be, right? Not letting someone else. There's something about boundaries here too. And I I rarely mention it, maybe because, you know, psychologically, I don't like the idea of boundaries, but Taurus holds boundaries and all the earth signs do, right? So Virgo and Capricorn also hold boundary energy. And boundaries are what help us hold our own, right? Saying, you know, this is my line, don't cross it. And or at least knowing where from within you, your own boundaries are, right? So there is something to be said about holding your own ground, having those boundaries, and not letting other people step on your boundaries, right? Or push you through your boundaries. Uh, Good morning, Amanda J. Great to see you from England, I believe it is so great to have you here with us this morning. Uh, All right, now on Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Pluto turned direct. Now, we didn't get much time to talk about it because we had so much other stuff to talk about on Friday, and I don't think it's that bad to talk about it a few days after the fact, so especially since, you know, Pluto, as we head into the future now, is finishing up his transit through the sign of Capricorn with the exception of a retrograde next year where he retrogrades backward into Capricorn again for a short time, a relative short time. So what's going on with Pluto now has a lot of implications for us personally, maybe, but for sure on a collective level, right? For the USA in particular, as it's experiencing a Pluto return, but also for all of us on the collective level as Pluto, no matter how much we've demoted him in terms of, you know, his astronomical importance, astrologically, he still holds the position of power And what do we see out there in the world right now? But a bunch of power struggles going on, whether it's between countries, between political parties, between, you know, candidates right now, there's a USA somehow election coming up. And so there's a lot of rhetoric and, you know, stuff being said from one side to the other and all of that. I can't even watch commercials on TV, right? I'm fast forwarding through them or I just won't watch TV, right? Because I don't want to hear all those commercials. Um, so Pluto is holding a very important part for us as he turns direct. Now, he was retrograde. He went retrograde that last week in April. And when he's in retrograde motion, which he is not now, but when he is in retrograde, so we've we got to go to where we've been, right? Um, we are in a time of reflection and inner or inward growth and evolution, right? He's the planet that holds the key to evolution, the evolution of our consciousness, And since he holds that key, then when he's in retrograde, we are looking inward at the changes that we have to do in sort of an awakening way. So we might be experiencing the dark night of a soul. We might be experiencing, you know, all kinds of things, emotional explosions, or depending on, you know, what's going on in your own personal lives and your chart. But overall, This is a path to awakening for us, right? So he's an awakening. So that usually will bring up when he's in retrograde, some form of healing crisis and then some kind of healing process. Now that's not necessarily just in the physical body, although it can be many of you've been experiencing, you know, the, uh, process of healing from some kind of COVID infection or from some form of disease or illness that, you know, you didn't expect But in the process of that healing, we have Pluto calling us to look at the inward world. What is all of this bringing up? Where have I maybe resisted change? Where have I resisted moving forward? So it is a process when he's in retrograde for us to look fear directly in the eye. Like some people facing their mortality and having to square with that in some way, understanding we are all going to pass through that this life into the next and facing the fear of doing just that. And in that process of Pluto in retrograde, gaining insight into ourselves, into our fears, into the things that have held us back, into all of the psyche, perhaps the psychosis energies that uh, that we've been holding on to. And now that Pluto is direct, it's time for us to say no, right? No to what no longer fits T- saying no to those fears or at least facing them dead on and choosing it's always about choice right it choosing to move past the fear right choosing to keep going in spite of it right do the best with what we have it is a time of integration right while pluto was in retrograde a lot of inner stuff might have been coming up that now we have to integrate that new awakening or that new a sense of being into our outer life, right? So, all of that inner stuff, all of the changes, all the influences that we've been under for the past what April to October, what six months, five months has to now be integrated into our outer world. And that means we are in a position now of having to bring up things like forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, forgiving the world, forgiving our family, forgiving our friends. All of uh, forgiving our, our our closest spouse or, or uh, significant others for all of the things, forgiving ourselves. I think I said that, but self-forgiveness, huge during this period of time now, as we head towards healing of whatever issues came up for us during that Pluto retrograde and also transformation, taking the best of the information that we learned or of the things that we found out or discovered about ourselves and now transforming that to steps now that we want to take in our outer world, right? And then remember here, we have this this saying that, you know, what we resist persists. But I think with Pluto, it's more like what we resist blows up in our faces, right? So expect that. Anything that you have been resisting, uh, this was a blow up kind of weekend, right? Bridges blowing up in the Ukraine and now an assault on Kiev, kind of Pluto changing directions and blowing things up, right? It'd be a great time, great time for therapy. If you have a therapist, a great time for processing the deeper wounds, the deeper parts of ourselves, doing soul work, um, you know, reaching out to your neighborhood astrologers or your neighborhood divinators, right? Your card readers or your, your people who, who are coaches and guides, the people that offer you up help in the process of designing your life, right? And figuring out where I need to go from here. So all of that deep soul work that, that was done on the inner planes now needs to be expressed in the outer planes. Now there's also another way that we can look at some of this because we have human design, right? Human design gives us, um, sort of a deeper look at the energy, uh, through you know, through through words, perhaps or through an energy field, maybe even looking at it holograph graphically, meaning we're looking at it through depth, right? We're looking at it from not just the superficial level, but also what does it mean in the deeper levels for us in terms of the shadows that we're experiencing, but also from the highest level that we can when we've transformed or we have uh, moved through all of that that inner angst that we have and those inner fears that we have. So when Pluto went retrograde back in April, he was at gate 60 called the gate of conservatism. Now gate 60 is a gate on the root center and it moves up toward the sacral. So it is sitting on a center that has pressure, right? There's pressure associated with it. Now this is so interesting because the move that Pluto made somewhat middle of that cycle was into the gate 61, which is up on the head center, the middle gate heading downward, also a pressure center. So when he turns retrograde, he's pressuring us to do right on the the root center. The root centers pulse is all about evolution and growth essentially and success, right? It has a very survival energy to it. It's not the center for survival per se but every it shows the things the actions the steps that we'll take in order to move outward to uh find success in our lives or to be able to do what we want to do to which is essentially all about growth and expansion right or evolution the evolution of consciousness but also the things that we do to evolve ourselves to grow in our lives so the gate 60 being the gate of conservatism is the ability to find blessings in the transformations or in the change that we must make to realize, especially with Saturn and Uranus in a square right now, and having been in a square over the last year and a half, that the changes that are being made are not necessarily the ones that we are choosing right? It's like, would we really choose to have a virus running around, you know, still annoying people, killing people, making people sick? It's not a choice that we would make. But I know that in retrospect, when we five years from now look back at this time, we're going to see what it was that we learned from that particular virus. And that's just one little thing, right? One little thing. Well, not so little, but one thing, right? And there's so many things, right, that we can uh, say that our transformations or changes that have been wrought upon us that we didn't necessarily choose consciously. So the ability to find the blessings in that kind of uh, transformation is huge, right? You know, not finding the, the negative in it all, not regretting everything that has happened, but seeing the blessings in it. And then choosing choice again, choosing to focus on what's working in our lives or in that situation instead of what isn't, right? It can be very, we are we are very adept at seeing what doesn't work, right? What we don't want, but it's harder for us to see what is working. So when we're looking at uh, the destruction of something or when we're looking at the problems in an institution, let's say, um, in the economy right now right I ha- went on a little bit of a tirade Friday about economy and how pe- inflation and how you know people are taking advantage of it by raising prices and what have you um you know my big thing was the whole um, three dollars and25 cents that you want you were gonna charge me for using my debit card when I know for sure it doesn't cost you that much to run a debit card right so uh, instead of focusing then on the negative of those kinds of things whether they're little, or big. Um, it is to focus on the what's working, right? What's working was the fact that I could buy my tabs online and not have to worry about going into town and uh, buying them in person. So the shadow here, though, in this time in the retrograde, so we're still talking about the retrograde gate 60, was to not allow growth to kind of fight for the old and the stagnant to hold on really tightly. I remember way back when um, there was a political, you know, when Trump, I think it was, that was running for office in 2016, it was all about make America great again, which was a fight for the old and the stagnant way that things had worked out in this country. It was really, really about fighting for the old greed model and refusing to change, right? And or not creating forward movement is the shadow energy here. And remember, I'm not just saying this out of the blue, right? We had a very powerful Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius moving us out of that greed model and setting us up for a 20-year transition to uh, people power, right? People power, not money power. So valuing people and the energy of people in a way that we've only been valuing them as they relate to dollars and and cents, right? So we're letting go of that old greed model, but we still have a lot of people out there fighting for that old stagnant way of life, doing things the old way, even though, right, there's psychosis in that, right? There's kind of an insanity to trying to keep doing things the same old, same old way. We have to change. And the lesson that sat that uh, Pluto was bringing us at the gate 60 was all about becoming resourceful, right? Becoming good stewards of our time, of our money, of our energy, of our planet, of our water, our air, our everything, right? Our uh, our everything, right? Becoming good stewards, being resourceful in a conserving sort of way, right? Not, you know, the in in, um, hold on. I want to check this out because I think in the gene keys, the gate 60 in its shadow was limitation. Why did I have to look that up? I knew that limitation, right? So we don't want to conserve in a limitation frame of mind. We want to conserve in a being resourceful kind of way, right? Why, why do we have to make something new In fact, I was looking at my socks this morning and going, oh, wow, I have a soul. I have, you know, maybe a hole in this sock. Maybe I need new socks. And then I went, or maybe you could get a needle and some thread and sew the sock, right? That's conservatism. That's being resourceful. That's being a good steward. I mean, on a very small, small scale, but on bigger scales, this is happening as well as Pluto being a collective planet is taking us on the adventure of conservatism, at least when he turns retrograde. Now partway through that retrograde cycle, he moved into the gate 61. Now that's up on the head center and the head center is a pressure center as well. And it's the middle gate of that and it's called the gate of wonder. Sometimes we call it the gate of magical thinking or sometimes it's called the gate of awe, awe and magic or awe and wonder. And the purpose in that gate, in its highest expression, is about seeing the purpose in a bigger perspective, right? Stepping back and out of the personal effect of any of these transits to see the bigger perspective. And while, by the way, you're seeing the bigger perspective to stay in a state of wonder and innocence and confidence while creating the new, right? So here's where our positive frame of mind, even in the face of the big, and you know, uglies that are happening in the world comes into play because we know that we have to know that in some way, shape or form that these things are happening with a purpose, right? There is a purpose. And if we step back and just wonder or just stay in a state of innocence around it, not trying to make it anything, then we are, um, able to at least hold the space until we find out what was it all for, right? What was it all about? In the shadow here, we have this pressure of why, why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? Why is everything always going upside down? The question is why, and then it can pull us out of the creativity and the wonder and the awe, right? So we have a lot of questioning that goes on in the the head center in fact the pressure of the head center is because remember the the root center where gate 60 was was the pressure to go out and do something the pressure in the head center where pluto is now is about ideas and inspiration and answering the questions how when why what where with whom so all those big questions coming up especially why why And this is an invitation then for us to move through life with curiosity and wonder. Dreaming, this is sometimes called the gate of dreaming, dreaming something bigger, right? Dreaming something new and thinking. This is a gate of thinking. The head center as well as the Ajna are gates of thinking. So in your own charts, in your own human design charts, if you did not have the gate 61 defined by birth, you certainly have it now right? And you have had it for a while. And, you know, I just got my 2023 book uh, this weekend, or late last week. Let's see where Pluto is. He is so sometime in December, he is going to move out of the 61 and back into the 60. So we begin 2023 and we go through most of 2023. Uh, Wow. Do we go through all of 2023 with him in the gate 60? I'm not sure how I feel about that. So Pluto in the gate 60 then is a big lesson for all of us, whether we want to believe it or not, right? The gate 60 where he spent time in retrograde is something that we're going to need to pay attention to because we're going to close out this year with him back in that gate and we're going to move through all of 2023 with him in that gate, right? That gate, big gate. So again, the gate 60 is the gate of conservatism, being a good steward, good steward of your resources, right? A big, a good steward of the earth. How do we do things that are, growth oriented, but sustainable, we have to be sustainable, right? There is not an unlimited amount of land on this planet to uh, keep sustaining the kind of growth that we've been engaged with, right? I've watched every little piece of land. I can hear him constructing a house, just two you know doors down where there was an empty lot, space, It's now being filled in because somebody sold their property to someone who now wants to build a house. Now I'm not against growth and I'm not necessarily against new, new growth, new buildings, but seriously, do we have to fill in every blank with something new instead of buying something that's been already there, something that's already built? So we're going to have to come face to face with all of these kinds of things because it's not sustainable. So any place that's not sustainable in your own personal life or in the world are going to be things that we're going to be looking at for a very long time. Now, we also have an instance where not long after we move into 2023, Pluto changes signs. He hasn't, he's been in the sign of Capricorn since 2008. So 2008, he moves into Capricorn. What's the first thing that happens when he moves into Capricorn? right capricorn this the symbol of institutions of foundations of stability is that our economic system starts to crumble right the mortgage industry goes belly up businesses are closing by the handfuls um there is you know the sense of of um not able to to move forward financially people are struggling to make ends meet prices, you know, I I remember that was the time of um, Subway's $5 foot long sandwiches, right? Because nobody could afford to go out and eat. Um, They lowered their prices. It was kind of an interesting time. And all of this happened when Pluto moved into the sign of Capricorn. And everything since in these past um, years, 14 years has been about the expression of that economic crash and we're still experiencing it right off and on we've had all of these things with banking and mortgages the stock markets and uh the whole of of the economy so we we've had that going on and now as we we move into and, and we started to see it we already started to see it before Pluto ever got to Aquarius because we had the Jupiter Saturn conjunction in Aquarius then we had Jupiter move through Aquarius faster than saturn and now we still have saturn moving through aquarius so we're already we've already been seeing this thing about people power and so movements for example like the 1% versus the 99% or race issues that still were coming up where we have uh, the the hashtag me too movement right all of these things were precursors to people power right moving away from money and greed the materialistic world and seeing how the results of us and our over um dependence on money and banking and greed had led to economic crashes one after the other economic downturns and economic recession and you know problems through uh the period of time that pluto was is in capricorn so we're going to see the ending hopefully of that and the real beginnings of people power being more people being more important than the almighty dollar so you know something interesting that I was watching the other day not um I don't know if you guys know what the next door app is it's a community app and I know our community Samish Island and Bo the town I live in uh are in this app and I often see other communities on that app so I think it must be something you know that's around the country maybe even around the world I don't know and somebody made a snide comment about a pop-up tent uh city tent it wasn't even a city maybe four or five tents that popped up in a park uh in burlington the neighboring town and i cannot even believe the things that people were saying And it was disgusting on one hand. And on the other hand, it was like, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. It was amazing to me the struggle that comes up with something like homelessness and people erecting a a tent. Things that were from, you know, I work for a living and I've worked hard to have what I have. And I, you know, I, I pay my dues to have a roof over my head and why can't they do the same? To other people going, well, they have other problems like mental health problems or whatever. The, the sense, the overall big sense that I got from most of the people in this was this mean-spiritedness toward homeless people, right? Kind of this, let's stereotype them all as drug addicts, as lazy, and as uh, mentally ill. And I thought, wow, you know, that that wouldn't happen. That won't be able to happen again in a spirit of the time that we'll be moving into where it's about people, how we care for one another. And I'm not saying that, you know, the person that says, look, I've worked hard for what I have is wrong because they're not. They did. They worked hard, right? We all work hard to have roofs over our head. But I guess the bigger question is, why do we have to work so hard to have a roof over our head? How many whales and fish do you know of that pay rent or have a house payment to live in the ocean, right? We've built this entire life. We've built this entire civilization on false concepts and it is going to be the reverb of that coming back at us smacking us back because what we'll see is that it doesn't support humanity or being humane it doesn't support that at all it's all built on a a false um, materialistic worldview so the worldview changing even over the next 20 years to embrace more of the people, right? Humaneness. Now that can also sometimes be very, um, unattached or detached, right? There's not a lot of, Oh God, uh, not a lot of warmth. Let's say in the sign of Aquarius, it's an air sign. It's intellectual. It sees things logically and it sees things you know, from the standpoint, let's step back, right? Let's stand back a bit. So it's non-emotional, right? It's not an emotionally feel-good sign. Capricorn wasn't either, right? Capricorn wasn't an emotional, fuzzy feeling um, sort of energy. It's opposing sign, cancer, sometimes funneled in emotional outbursts and things like that. With Aquarius, what we're going to be dealing with is the plight of the individual versus the plight of the group, right? So Pluto exposing the, the differences there, exposing the nature of narcissism, of uh, self uh, selfishness, and the need for us to really understand self-centeredness rather than selfishness but then to also see that not only are we individuals, but we are individuals that make up a, a group, right? A collective and a community or a nation, right? Or a planet. So we will be raising our standards, I believe, over the next you know 20 years. While I believe um, you know he's going to be in the sign of Aquarius. We're still talking about Pluto for those of you who are just joining in. Um, until 2033. Some of us are even asking the questions, will I still be alive? <laughs> will I still be on the planet at that time? Right? Because there's 20 years of his being in a sign. And with the nature of Pluto, we usually get these big booms. And then we have to deal with the fallout, which we did 2008, we had to deal with the fallout of this big thing called the economic recession. And that took us a while, right? We stumbled our way through it. Um did we do what's new? Here's the big question that we're addressing, even as we speak with Pluto. And that is this idea in the shadow of the gate 61, where he is currently, it's psychosis, where we've been under this mass, you know, delusion of of greed and of materialism. And how do we get ourselves out of that? Because our tendency in psychosis is to keep doing things the same way. We expect a different result sure but we keep doing things the same way ergo another economic crash right here on in our lives at this moment right the economy not doing well the stock market not doing well corporate profits not doing well not that they should um but our our inability to move away from that materialistic point of view is really damning us right damning us And uh, we have got to do better than that. And hopefully that's coming down the line as well. So the pressure of the gate 61 is to move out of that psychosis more into the wondering about what could be, what if, what if we did it this way? Um, You know, why do we keep doing things the same old way? Why don't we try something new, right? Why don't we try something new? Why don't we treat each other better? why don't we let go of all the old hurts and wounds and pain and just move forward right why don't we do that thinking and dreaming about things that could be about possibilities right not what has been not even literally what is but the what could be so we could take and move from what is to where we want to go being more deliberate even in our approach to the future Because Aquarius is a future oriented sign. And the future of our planet, the future of our country, the USA, our future of our world and other countries are all at stake here, right? The future of humanity at stake here, right? So, Lots to think about with this Pluto. This was all about Pluto going direct, by the way, going back to why I started the conversation at all, is because it moves us into this level of thinking about and experiencing the shadow energies and being more deliberate and moving through the shadow to elevate ourselves into what in the gene keys becomes the gift or into the city. And I just want to take a quick look at the gate 61, because for the moment, my brain is lost psychosis being the shadow, the gift of inspiration and the Sidhi of sanctity, which uh, the name of this gene key is called the Holy of Holies. And the dilemma is that you cannot fix the psychosis from within the psychosis kind of sounds like someone else that said you can't fix consciousness from the level of consciousness that created it, you have to elevate, right? You can't, you can't do the same things over and over again. You can't, if you know you need to make a big change, you can't do it from within the same framework of consciousness that created it. So if we want to become more humane and more uh, humanity oriented, we cannot do it from within the same field of greed and materialism that has dominated the planet. We can't do it right we can't do it because somebody's always going to be left out in that model so we've got to do it better now i'm not saying i know what the answers are i don't but i'm sure there are people out there who are putting forth new ideas new we we have to have new ways of thinking about who we are and about how we are all together on the planet you know there's a saying that we're only as strong any group or any any um, program is only as strong as its weakest link. And our weakest link here might be the homeless. It might be children. It might be the elderly. And if they're weak, then is it true that the rest are strong? Mm-mm, that's a false premise. You're only as strong as your weakest links. So keep that in mind as we move forward. We're probably going to hear more around that as we move into the next couple of years. All right, questions and comments. Let's see who's out there. Uh, Amanda J says, it's interesting the amount of large organizations being called out right now. Pluto, indeed. Uh, Eric Dorsey, good morning. She says, happy full moon and Aries. Sorry, I'm late. I'm going back to the beginning to listen and treat yourself. It's hilarious next door. Um, good morning. Kamal. It's good to see you out there. Uh, He says he's happy for Pluto direct and Mars is also settling to bring more stability and this uncertainness from me from fitness to business. Please share wisdom on my chart. I won't have time probably to look at that, Kamal, but if I find myself in a free moment, I might take a look at it for you someday soon. Treat yourself. People are too much. Kathleen Mallory, good morning to you. Christine, I witnessed this too, Janet. It is disheartening that they fail to see there but for the grace of god go i indeed jacqueline tyler good to have you with us uh, she says hi living astrology magical blessings this is jacqueline it's so good to see you okay i don't see any questions out there except kamal's wanting to know about his chart Kamal, right now what we've been talking about is pluto so if you know where pluto is in your chart or where capricorn is in your chart that is the area where there is this pressure to change where this pressure having erupted back in April, at the end of April, to move some things on the inner planes now has the opportunity to express itself in the outer planes. Now, uh, good morning, Joan Durchey. It's good to see you. Uh, Mercury in Libra. Today, Mercury, remember, Mercury has just come out of his retrograde cycle. And he was all the way up to about, what was it, four or five degrees of Libra. Then he retrograded moved backwards into Virgo to about 24 degrees of Virgo and then uh, turned direct and is now moving today back into the sign of Libra. So Mercury, remember, is a planet of the mind and of communication, learning and teaching and short distance travels. And it is very much a mind oriented planet. And he's moving into an air sign, Libra, a mind oriented sign. So in Libra, then Mercury does quite well, except that he can, it can sometimes exaggerate the more scattered nature of the thought process because Libra can see so many facets of so many things simultaneously, right? And then if it comes down to having to make a decision, (laughs) Libra's left going, is it that one? Is it that one? Is that one better? That one better, right? Because they can see so much of everything that could be, it makes it hard to land on any one way of doing anything. So we may have some issues around scattered thinking or losing focus or not being able to make a decision. Indecisiveness, a very big um, issue when we're looking at Mercury in an air sign but at least he's in forward motion right now instead of in backwards motion, right? When he retrograded, there could have been more confusion and more scattered thinking and loss of focus than now, right? Because now he's forward. Maybe during that period of time of the retrograde, you got some things clear about direction, about who you wanted to be, about what you wanted to speak about, about how you wanted to show up in your relationships. Libra being a relationship sign, So while we have Mercury, the mind planet moving through Libra, we have an uh, access to logic and to intellect, right? And we can be finding ourselves talking about two sides of an issue. What was I just doing, right? That's so funny to even think about the, the last 15 minutes of my conversation with all of you. Where it was always about like two sides of everything, right? We have this homeless issue. And there are the people that are like, yeah, I've worked hard to get what I get, got, how come they can't do that? Versus the people that are like, well, where's your compassion and where's your, you know, your sympathy for people who might be mentally ill and so forth? Two sides of the coin, duality, right? Libra represents the scales, right? Where we have to somehow come to harmony or balance. Where we may be talking about two sides of an issue or more, multifaceted issues. So uh there was a question that uh who was that? Dog got it. I think it was JLo. What gate will it enter? Let's just take our trusty little booklet out and see what gate we have Mercury in today. So today being October 10th, Mercury is in the gate 46. Uh, which is about the embodiment principle. So one way to counteract a mind that's full of ideas or that's going round and round on a circuit is to ground, right? Ground yourself into the body. So at least in these first couple of days, uh, all the way through the 13th, Mercury will be in the gate 46. And he's still moving fairly slowly from you know the retrograde. So he's gonna spend five days five days. So from yesterday, the 9th through the 13th in the gate 46. And remember, it wasn't it was at the uh, autumn equinox that the sun was at the gate 46. So we can see that maybe the sun set some tones for how to become more embodied for how to live in this physical world, being in the 3d. We're not stressing and straining over trying to get to 5d right there's no need for that because we're an embodied we came here to be in the 3d why else did you come here (laughs) because on the physical planet in the 3d world is where we can embody our spirit and where we can live in the physical expression of ourselves of our our desires of our uh, dreams and intentions we can't do that necessarily in the physical world i mean in the spiritual world we have. We are spirit in the body so that we can experience this physical. So Mercury will be reminding us of that before then he moves forward into the fear gates of the spleen that the sun has already been taking us on this trip through, right? So Mercury and Libra, a good thing, right? But I feel like it's maybe we're going to feel a little more indecisive. Maybe we're not, we're unsure of ourselves, Um we might be of two minds, maybe three or four minds, right? This is, you know, multiple focus, multiple um, ideas, multiple directions that we could go in, which one do we choose, right? So be thinking about that. Um, As an air sign, of course, there's also ideas and inspiration afoot. And we may be seeing that there's a lot of different things that we could do, a lot of different places that we might go, a lot of different people that we might be a part of or groups and potential expressions. So it may be hard to choose just one. It might be hard to even choose two, right? So we're going to have to really rely on our human design type and strategy and our authority during this period of time so that we're not just scattering our energy and just jumping into things willy-nilly and or jumping out of things in the same way right jumping in and out leaping in and out so be very aware of what your type and your strategy is so that you do things right for you and the way you do things is different than the way i do things is different than the way jlo does things etc right because everybody has their own type and strategy and authority if you don't know what those terms mean let me know in the chat JLo. So funny yesterday. I felt like I was floating away and so sleepy, all but the root defined with this transit 46, uh, personality moon and 46 design mid heaven. So yeah, bringing it into the body and, you know, the 46 is part of a channel. I just find this one channel so interesting. It's part of the 46 29. So 46 is up at the identity center or the, um, The G center, it's the center for love and direction. So the 46 means that on that center gives us direction for our bodies to move in, right? And at the other side on the bottom is the gate 29 and it's on the sacral center, which is the center of doing. It's an action center. So it's giving direction to our actions, right? So if you're someone who has that whole channel, it is sometimes luck pushing you to be in the right place at the right time with the right people to be the embodied expression of who you really truly are or of the discovery of who you truly are uh, or who you truly want to be. So I really love the potential that this this week brings us, this first week anyway, full full first full week of Mercury in the sign of Libra. And sleepiness as a part of it might be because we've been pushing ourselves you know What's funny is I had a dream last night, it wasn't really last night, it was this morning because I woke up from it, um, about Pluto Direct, which is how I ended up making the show more about Pluto Direct, even after I'd already put out there, it was going to be about Mercury into Libra, um, because of that dream, but I don't remember the details of the dream, such as the nature of Mercury and Libra, right? Good ideas, things coming to us, and then forgetting what it was, right? or not remembering all of the details. So we might have some issues like that as well. We have all these great ideas and then we go to put into work, right, embodied the work. And then we might go, well, what was that idea? Well, what was I going to do? Why was I going to that website? Well, so be careful, be aware of that. And again, people who have a lot of air in their charts may experience this differently. You're kind of used to this barrage of ideas and inspiration but people who do not have a lot of air in their uh, astrology charts may feel a little more scattered than those of us who are kind of used to feeling that scattered energy. So watch for that. Uh, Any questions or comments, put those down there in the chat, especially if you're on YouTube uh, or Facebook. If you're on LinkedIn watching us today, I don't know that you can comment because I don't think you see the stream of of comments there yet. Now let's take a look at the week ahead. in my last few minutes, goodness, where does time go? Right. So we have a couple of big things going on this week astrologically by transit. The first one occurs tomorrow, Tuesday with the sun in a trine to Pluto. And this is where it is much better for us to take slow and steady growth or slow, steady foundation building, build it brick by brick by brick, right? I can hear them out there building this house and they certainly aren't building that house by uh, doing it willy nilly, right? They laid the foundation and now they're putting up the framing, right? It's not like they built top down, they're building bottom up, right? So building a foundation in a slow and steady way, the sun really being able to highlight what it is that uh, needs to be done and Pluto doing it in a very deliberate way with Capricorn, the builder energy as part of it. That same day tomorrow, Mars comes into a square with Neptune. Now, on the surface, I think of that one as really favoring our spirituality, right really favoring being intuitive, being inspirited right that that's what that one reminds me of. But Mars coming into that square with Neptune can also Uh, present us with shifting sands, right, shifting perspectives, meaning gets lost. We might not know what it is that we need to do. Um, Or, you know, how getting lost and not asking directions, not asking our higher self, am I on the right track? You know, is there something I need to do before I can go and do this kind of thing. So we want to be aware of, you know, maybe using our intuitive faculties more strongly at least this first part of the week and depending on intuition to lead us and guide us in our bodies to go and do and be those in the right place right time with the right people um meanings can also get lost be careful of interpreting what people say uh, and and in you know the very distinct way that they've said it perhaps there's other meanings to what is being said the meaning of what they're saying can get lost in the words that they're saying. So, and also your own meanings getting lost. What did I mean? It's hard to say what I meant um, because I can't put words to it, right? Um, also on Tuesday, the moon comes into a conjunction in Taurus with Uranus. Expect the unexpected, even explosions, even uh, you know surprises, that kind of thing. Wednesday, Mercury comes into an opposition with Jupiter our minds are expansive, right? Growth oriented, but the moon is in a square to Saturn. So we have Mercury, our minds expanding, but the moon, our emotions coming into this square with Saturn, which can kind of be a Debbie Downer, right? It can kind of bring us down into a more, maybe a lethargic feeling or a a more serious feeling, even though we might be enthusiastic and optimistic about the ideas that are coming in, what we might be doing is questioning, can I do that? Is that really true? Can I really go there? Can I really be that person? And then on Thursday, Venus comes into a trine with Saturn. That really impacts our relationships, building them on a stronger foundation, perhaps really solidifying who we are our value, our worth within the relationships that we're in. And if we're not finding ourselves valued and cared for and worthy, uh, in worthwhile in the relationship, making some changes. Friday, the sun and earth change to new gates. We'll address that on Friday in the broadcast. And guess what? A blessedly quiet weekend on tap this week. Woo! I like it. Uh, anyway, that is it for me today, guys. Uh, If you have any questions, you can certainly send them to me via email. Uh, I wish you all a pleasant day. Please hit the thumbs up button. If you're on YouTube, share the video, please subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't yet, I've been seeing more subscribers lately. I love that. It's going to get me to a thousand here. And thank you so much for being here with me this morning. I will see you on Friday. Bye for now.